Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. your conference is ready to begin. Good morning. Today is Friday, November 6, 2020. Welcome to the Tormont Third Quarter 2020 Results Conference Call. Please be advised that this call is being recorded. Your host for today will be Mr. Michael McMillan. Please go ahead, Mr. McMillan. Great. Thanks, Elena. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning to discuss the results of Tormont Industries Limited for the third quarter and nine months ended September 30th, 2020. Also on the call with me today is Scott Medhurst, President and Chief Executive Officer. As noted in the press release issued yesterday, we will be referring to a package posted to our website and we encourage listeners to download and follow along. At this time, and as noted on slide two of our presentation, I'd like to advise listeners that this presentation may contain forward-looking statements and information that are subject to certain risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that may lead to actual results or events differing materially from those expected. For a complete discussion of these factors, refer to our press release from yesterday, which is available on our website. As is our practice, we will focus on key highlights for the current quarter. Scott will begin with a few general remarks, followed by comments on our overall results, after which I will provide some highlights on our divisional results and financial position. After our prepared remarks, we will be more than happy to answer questions. Over to you, Scott. Thank you, Mike, and good morning, everyone. Before I begin, I would ask that you move to slide three of the package. We are pleased with the gradual improvement experienced over the last quarter. However, the operating environment is complex and still quite fluid. Our customers are understandably cautious, and as a result, Overall business activities are still below last year's levels. From the start of the pandemic, our teams have shown their resilience and the ability to adapt to an ever-changing environment. We are proud to continue to support our customers, keeping our employees safe while providing essential services and protecting the business for the future. During the quarter, we completed the transition of our operating system at our Quebec dealership branches. This was a significant undertaking, and we are very pleased with the outcome thanks to the team's incredible effort while executing in a unique landscape. With one common platform, we are now able to align our operations at the ground level and continue to leverage best practices, go-to-market approaches, and efficiencies across our territory. We continue to closely manage and de-risk our balance sheet with sharp focus on inventory turns collection of AR, and on aged assets. Our financial position remains strong with ample sources of liquidity. Expense reduction is a priority, but we remain ultra careful not to negatively impact our ability to meet future market demands. While we have seen sequential improvement in our markets, there remains considerable uncertainty in the marketplace, and we expect a cautious tone to persist leading into Q4. Turning now to our financial results, highlight it on slide four. Backlogs were $472 million at September 30, 2020. 
Simcoe backlogs were at near record levels on strong industrial booking activity in early 2020. Equipment backlogs were lower on reduced activity levels, reflecting the cautious tone throughout the quarter. Overall revenues decreased 5% in the quarter versus last year. This improvement over the lines experienced in Q2, revenues were still below that of Q3 of 2019. Year-to-date revenue was down 6% to $2.5 billion. Operating income was 1% lower in the third quarter on the lower revenues, partially offset by lower expenses. Cost containment strategies continued, and sales-related expenses such as travel and other discretionary variables were lower. We continue to incur some additional costs to protect our employees and customers, such as additional safety supplies, benefits extension costs, work-from-home practices, facility and field sanitation procedures. Additionally, we expect to receive $7.3 million under the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program, which is based on revenue declines in the quarter. CEWS was helpful, adding to our focus on protecting our skilled labor and salary positions as best possible, managing with a a balanced approach in the short term, as well as not taking our eye off the long-term needs. Net earnings decreased 3% in the quarter versus a year ago. EPS tracking the reduced earnings was $0.94 per share or $0.04 below 2019. Moving to slide 5, given the challenging environment, We've included a look at the sequential quarter performance. Q3 results have improved from the second quarter as economic activity gradually phased in. Revenues improved, however, new equipment sales remain relatively low, where rentals, used equipment, and product support showed the most improvement. Rental fleet utilization improved, which translates into higher margin operating income and earnings. Product support activity is a function of customer activity and was better this quarter as customers were able to go back to work and and site restrictions eased. Mike, I'll turn it over to you for some detailed comments on the group results. Thanks, Scott. Let's put a bit bit more color on the operating results, starting with the equipment group on slide six. Revenues were down 5% in the quarter versus a year ago and 6% year-to-date on reduced economic activity. New equipment sales, product support, and rental activity were lower across all geographic markets and product groups. As Scott noted, we did see some improved activity during the quarter, but a tone of caution was evident and activity was still below last year's levels. Cost containment strategies continued to be employed, including human resource initiatives and reduced travel and discretionary spend. New equipment revenues were down 16%, where used was up 37% in the quarter, down 9% and 18% respectively on a year-to-date basis, demonstrating the cautious tone that we have emphasized. Construction sales were down 10% in the quarter and down 3% year-to-date. Sales into mining markets were down 16% in the quarter, 25% year-to-date across most regions. Material handling sales were down 17% in the quarter, 5% year-to-date, again, mainly due to general to lower general economic activity. Two bright spots included power system sales, which were up 36% in the quarter and 12% year-to-date, reflecting progress on prime power projects. Sales into agricultural markets were also up 7%, with a strong harvest year-to-date was relatively unchanged. Rental revenues were down 11% in the quarter, 15% year-to-date. Most markets and segments were lower, 
reflecting the gradual phase-in of market activity. Light equipment rentals were lower 7%, power 31%, material handling 16%, and RPO rentals 43% in the quarter. That said, heavy rental in the construction market increased 10%. Product support revenues declined 3% in the quarter and 6% year-to-date, with improvement, as Scott noted, in the third quarter as compared to Q2 as restrictions eased. Gross profit margins decreased 50 basis points in the quarter as lower product support activity levels dampened margins down 70 basis points, partially offset by improved sales mix up 20 basis points with a larger proportion of product support revenues to total revenues. For the first nine months of 2020, gross margins decreased 90 basis points, reflecting challenging markets in the second quarter of the year. On the year-to-date basis, equipment margins were down 30 basis points, mainly due to sales mix. Rental margins, while improved from Q2, are still lower by 50 basis points than last year on a lower average utilization in the quarter, which is a drag on earnings against our straight-line depreciation model. Selling and administration expenses decreased 100 basis points to 12.1% of total revenues, and we're down 13% in the quarter and 6% year-to-date, reflecting lower activity levels as well as cost containment initiatives that phased in from Q2. Governmental subsidies under CWS program reduced expenses by $6.5 million for the group during the quarter, totaling $7.3 million year-to-date. However, excluding these subsidies, selling and administration expenses were down, downward trending in both the quarter and year-to-date, reflecting lower compensation costs, discretionary spending, travel, and training. Bad debt expense was also lower in the quarter, but up prudently on a year-to-date basis, reflecting the current economic environment. Information technology-related costs also increased in both the quarter and on a year-to-date basis, $1.1 million and $2.1 million, respectively, as system enhancements and support for integration efforts at the dealership continued. Let's turn to Simcoe on slide 7. Revenues were down 7% a quarter and 10% year-to-date on lower construction activity stemming in part from construction site restrictions and closures related to the pandemic. Timing of receipt of orders and customer-specific construction schedules also affect timing of revenue recognition. Package revenues were down 5% in the quarter. In Canada, revenues remained relatively flat during the quarter, as an increase in industrial revenues were offset by a decrease in recreational revenues. In the U.S., package sales decreased mainly due to weaker recreational activity. Product support revenues decreased 10% for the quarter and 4% year-to-date with site restrictions and recreational activities limited, usual site maintenance and false start of activities have not been possible and were factors in the quarter. Gross profit margins increased in both the quarter and year-to-date on good project execution. Operating income decreased 8% in the quarter and 20% year-to-date, largely reflecting the lower revenues. Selling and administrative expenses were down 3% in the quarter, including the government CWS subsidy reducing expenses by 0.8 million. Some additional costs are being incurred in this business to support the substantial backlog of orders, while other expenses such as travel and discretionary were lower. Bookings were up 15% to 40 million in the quarter and 37% primarily on good activity in the industrial segment. Backlogs were healthy at 216 million at the end of September. 
with industrial being higher in Canada and recreational higher in both Canada and the U.S. Approximately 35% of this backlog is expected to be realized in Q4, subject to construction schedules. On slide eight, I'd like to touch on a few key financial highlights. Management of our working capital continues to be a focus area. Accounts receivable aging is monitored daily and trending well. DSO is consistent with prior years. Inventory levels are also closely monitored and our order boards have been adjusted in light of market activity. Accounts payable reflects the timing of purchasing and lower extended terms balances. As of September 30th, we maintained our strong financial position with cash on hand of $471 million and available liquidity of $714 million. Good cash flow allowed us to repay our $100 million draw on the term facility as well. Our returns remain strong, and although impacted by contribution in Q2 and Q3 resulting from the pandemic, they benefit from the actions taken by our team to control spending and manage capital employed. The board also approved the regular dividend at a rate of 31 cents per share, consistent with last quarter. On slide nine, we conclude with some key takeaways as we look forward to Q4. We will continue to focus on our three key priorities as we have done from the start, protecting our employees, serving our customers, and protecting our business for the future. We continue to monitor the situation closely to evolve our business practices appropriately. Our disciplined operating culture combined with the diversity of our customers and installed base, expanding product and service offerings and financial strength position us well to respond to business requirements and execute on our long-term business plan. We appreciate our entire team's efforts and commitment to supporting our valued customers during this challenging time and thank our customers, supply partners and shareholders for their continued support. That continues our prepared remarks We'll be pleased to take questions. Alana, back over to you to set up the first call. Thank you. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset prior to making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. If at any time you wish to cancel your question, please press the pound sign. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register. Thank you for your patience. The first question is from Sherilyn Radborn with TD Securities. Please go ahead. Thanks very much and good morning. Good morning, um, Sharon. With respect to SUS, uh, the convention on the street has been to exclude SUS and look at results that way. But the issue with that is that high-performing organizations would have made other cost adjust adjustments in the absence of a SUS program. So. Can you talk about how you're thinking about that internally and how you've been approaching that in discussions with your board? Sure. <clears throat> Let me start with that, Sherilyn. I think, like you say, we, we tried to be very transparent and disclose, um, you know, what we're seeing there. And, and I think Scott made in his, his prepared remarks, you know, we, you know, we are very conscious of, prepare, of protecting our skilled, skilled labor you know, and managing that balance, right, between what we need short-term being cost-effective but also, you know, not taking our eye off the ball for the long-term needs of the business, right? And so, you know, I think, again, I think um, we have incurred, you know, other incremental costs, which I think are notable too. You know, I mentioned some IT costs, which we accelerated, which is a pull forward, but we have incurred things such as incremental PPE. Um, you know, we've bridged benefits for 
employees on temporary layoff, and you know we advance training, and and we've done a number of things, um, you know, sanitization and so forth. That um, we also are very mindful, which are embedded in our results, right? Um, yeah, just sure. I mean, it was helpful helping us, you know, continue to focus on protecting our skilled labor and uh, other other uh, personnel in our business, but. <clears throat> We, we're trying to stay uh, disciplined to our operating practices and um, ensure that it's a, it's a balance between making sure we're, we're operating in a very tight, controlled environment and being uh, conscious of our variable costs, but also we're, we're very attentive to protecting ourselves when, when an upturn starts, and uh, we're just trying to be very con conscious of that. Great, and we we don't have a lot of history with the expanded caterpillar territory, but bookings of 371 million looked pretty healthy to me. Uh, was that your take on it? Um, I think it's uh, it's acceptable in the environment we're operating in. Team did a nice job in there. I, I think we're proud of the team, and this is a, a unique landscape. But as Mike said, I think the team should be applauded because we also. Uh, went live with our integration in Quebec with the ERP transition, and that that was no easy feat. And I'm really uh, pleased and delighted we had no hiccups interfacing with customers. Um, a lot of effort in there. Um, we're still a lot of effort and, and uh, dynamics in play, but uh, so far we're pleased with that. And I think the team should be commended with everything going on, COVID impact plus an ERP. Uh, I think that was a, a decent uh, decent uh, results with and combined with the bookings. And then last one for me, your used equipment sales were quite strong. Um, is there any perspective you can give us there on how much of that was just great trade-ins, disposals from the rental fleet, or, or packages that your team may have sourced opportunistically? Yeah, good, good observation, uh, Sherilyn. So, you know, we were, we were fortunate how the team positioned us with our used and having uh, options for customers again. I think it's reflective of the cautious environment and the focus on customers' cash flows and things that we had some good value offerings with demo class. I mean, our, our demo class was up over 35% in quarter sales. We were, um, we, we, you know, the teams were more opportunistic with the used purchase uh, um, developments, and so that was up over 35%, I think. So a combination of that with some rental fleet disposition and uh, trade sales was uh, combined for a very positive outcome on the used uh, revenue sales. So that was a good outcome. Great. Thank you for the time. That's great. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Joe. Be safe. Have a good day. <clears throat> Thank you. The next question is from Yuri Link with Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm um, just wondering on the uh, when when the the new territory uh, will be fully leveraging the the ERP and when what that might look like uh, in terms of the the financial results and, and what are some of the goals that you want to see when once they get uh, fully up and running. I'm, I'm assuming they have to be trained and whatnot on on the new mm -hmm. system. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I'll, I'll start with that one, Yuri. So we did convert uh, to our operating platform the middle of September, about the 14th. We completed that. And so as you mentioned, I think, 
you know, getting them on one platform, getting the whole company. We did, uh, just as a reminder, we did the Maritimes back in April, and so this brings the new territory onto our platform. Um, and, you know, we're in the process now of working through our, our next quarter. As you can imagine, there are lots of process changes and some change management as the teams get used to the new new environment. But what it does do is it does give us very consistent visibility into the different parts of the business. It aligns, you know, a lot of the data, a lot of the accounting as well and things like that as we get through the close. And so as we go forward, it's an advantage. But there are, you know, certainly there are processes and changes that we are working through with the team so they get used to um, the new operating environment from their former one. Um, and so, you know, again, that's in support of um, our Tormont Cat business. We did convert the Battlefield rental business uh, a year ago, June, and so they've been well on that system and, and uh, starting to see some of those benefits to help us grow that business as well over the course of the last year. Yeah, just, you're, we've got a ways to go here, and uh, once we plugged in and like we're we're, in, we're you know delighted with what took place there, but as you say, there's a lot of training. Um, we we had our branch model embedded um, last year, so that was good. But now we get to really uh, focus on our operational excellence uh, variables that we can we believe we can leverage more, and uh, some of our best practices uh, we think with our go-to-market approaches. We think we can improve on that and uh, improve on logistics and things of this nature. So uh, there, there's, a, there's some uh, heavy lifting to come, but the great part is uh, represents opportunity. Now we have to execute. But the great thing is that we're plugged in and we're on a common platform. Um, we still have one more event to go with material handling, but we'll get to that in Ontario um, next year. But um, we're, we're pleased and uh, looking forward to uh, executing on these opportunities from an operational and go-to-market approach. Um, my second one, just on, on mining, um, lots of, of interest um, industry-wide on, on autonomous hauling. Um, not something that traditionally fit the type of mining in your territories, but is, is that changing? Are you seeing uh, any increased interest in, in autonomous hauling? Yeah, I think, you know, and, and uh, we, we applaud Caterpillar and how they're positioning uh, us in the marketplace there. Um, lots, lots of dialogue going on on that front, and uh, we'll see how things uh, materialize. Okay, I'll turn it over there, guys. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Jerry. Thank you. The next question is from Jacob Bout with CIBC. Please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, Jacob. We wanted to, wanted to go back to the uh, Quebec Maritimes. Um, and so, you know, the, the integration of the, the ERP system is, is now complete. Can you just talk a bit about what uh, is left as far as major steps in, in the Quebec Maritime uh, integration? Well, leveraging um, on, on an operational side, um, you know, we look at our product support uh, operational component, how we, and now we have better visibility to the KPIs. There, there was some... Um, I mean, when you're operating off two different platforms, there's some, some differences in there and, and how we uh, were handling the, the flow of data and how we were managing some of the KPIs that we, we zero in on. So now we have consistency and we'll have better visibility across the enterprise to, to these KPIs on a consistent basis operationally. Also, how we're, how we're managing our assets, right? It was a, 
I'll use the word a little clunky at times and how we're working through that, but I, I applaud how the team were able to uh, maneuver through the, that. But uh, So we're in a better position with how we're going to manage assets and uh, our, our return on asset base at the branch levels. And, um, and then you get into the interface with the customers. I think we'll be we'll provide um, more consistency with our approaches there, our logistics, or um, some of the uh, synergies. But uh, so it, it sets us up. But again, we can, we can talk about it, and um, I think we're doing great progress. There's a, there's a ways to go, even with our our heavy rents and uh, power systems uh, fleets. We can manage those more effectively. But uh, now we've got to go execute. We've got to prove it out more, but we're, we're ready for that next phase. Okay. And then uh, activity levels in, in uh, Quebec Maritimes versus uh, Ontario, um, you see much difference in the quarter? Um, it was, well, what we are encouraged with on the, on the rental services side was Quebec, we saw great improvement in Quebec. Actually, the, the utilization improved a touch uh, quarter by quarter, so that was encouraging. Uh, still have a ways to go because we we want to get higher utilization in there, uh, but that was encouraging on on our Quebec side and Maritimes. Um, the what we saw was that the markets in, improved in, in Quebec and the Maritimes as, as the quarter progressed, um, but we've seen a shift, and this isn't just in QM; it's throughout a real shift with increase in uh, small product sales activity. So I call it your building construction products and compact. They, they were they were extremely active. I think we we're up over 35% compared to the previous quarter. So, but you know, so that was 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 significant relative to the larger iron uh, activities we saw. Uh, and again, I think it's just uh, again there was if you uh, you know that landscaping area was very active, things of that nature. But um, you know, still a cautious environment with some of the larger larger iron. Last question for me, just in the uh, uh, so, so equipment uh, bookings uh, obviously quite strong, uh, but but mining was down four uh, percent. Uh, maybe just comment on, on levels of engagement and and uh, you know expectations for you know say the next uh, six twelve months. Yeah. So what I mean, you know, mining can be lumpy, uh, as you know, um, on a quarter by quarter comparison, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think there, there's a cautious environment. We can't, as you recall, in, in Q2, there was a major shutdown. So Q3, I think it was about getting up and running, which took place. Uh, production uh, improved, activity levels improved, but, uh, you know, still a cautious tone when it came to CapEx. Um, and uh, we'll see how things uh, play out here in the, in the coming months uh, in terms of activity on prime products. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks, Dick. Thank you. The next question is from Michael Dumay with Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning, uh, Michael. Good morning. If I assume a gradual recovery in product support revenues through Q3, um, you know, the quarter over quarter recovery, you know, going from minus 16 to minus 3% would imply that you, you may have exited the quarter in positive territory. Um, any way you can confirm that? If not, maybe just discuss the overall cadence. 
Well, it improved, and we were, we were pleased with that, but there's still a caution there. And again, our customers, here, here's how we, we've uh, interpreted what's taken place. So there was obviously some hard stops in there in Q2, and customers were came very focused on getting back to work, getting up and running, and um, on, on all the segments we operate in. And understandably, that's where their focus was, and with less so attention to repairs. I mean, our, our, our rebuild activity Unit basis was down in the quarter, about 10%, but that's understandable because customers were focused on executing uh, their jobs and, and, and getting back into production mode. So, you know, you, you've, and our whip is down, uh, you know, at the end of the quarter, which uh, is always concerning going into uh, next, uh, the next quarter. So, but I think it's, it's just, a, you know, reflects the, the environment we're operating in and uh, we'll, we'll see how things progress. We're machine utilization's improving, and uh, we'll see how things transcend. But you know, we're you know we're, we're in a cautious mode here with with the whip, and uh, we'll see how. But again, we're we're very focused on ultra focused, I'll say, on making sure that we are preparing for an uptick in the product support side. So. Actual fact, we're back hiring techs, so that's the mode we're in. But it's it's a fine line you're walking, right? And uh, we're we're uh, we're focused on the future. Great, um, interesting commentary there. Thanks, Scott. Uh, and then and then maybe just well, you called out product support as the main area of gross margin pressure in this quarter, and I don't think that was the case last quarter. Um, so I'm wondering here. I mean, if it's strictly volume related, or if there's an element there of no lower productivity due to social distancing or other measures. Um, just any sense of how to think about that going forward? Yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of a bit of volume in the mix and uh, what took place there. I mean, as I said, the rebuilds were were down, and uh, but mm-hmm. that, that sort of sums it up there. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. Um, and then just um, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think you flagged lower rental. Um, as a driver for lower gross margins in the quarter. Um, not sure if I missed that, but w- were you able to offset maybe some of the lower utilizations with higher rates or lower costs or mix? It, just what played a factor there that we didn't see it in the, in the gross margin pressure? Well, the utilization, you know, improved, but there's still rate pressures in there. If you look at the, uh, the overall activities in the fleets, and, uh, you know, power was down on the, on the revenues we had some shifts in there. It was a bit lumpy on a, on a quarter by quarter comparison. So, I mean, there's there's pressures in there, but we were we were pleased with the the uptick in the utilization on the rental services side. And um, but it, it's a competitive environment right now. Yeah, I, I think to add to that too, Michael, is just like we did speak to the phase in, and I think it's important to understand the utilization rates on average, right? You know, as it sort of phased in over time, activity improved. And so going into July, you know, we, we have a straight-line depreciation model up. It's pressure on the margins for rental. Um, and you have to get to a certain point before you start to recover that fixed cost, right? And so, you know, think of, you know, think of it as a, a bit of a blend uh, from that perspective, right? Yeah. We had a bit of pressure in there in material handling as well. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Nice quarter. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Again, please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. The next question is from Maxim Sitchev with National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. 
Morning, Max. Um, uh, I was wondering, uh, Scott, maybe if you don't mind uh, talking about how you feel about the rental opportunity um, over what's called the medium term. Is, is COVID, uh, you know, changing the behavior of the clients sort of permanently, or you think that we're going to be back to, you know, uh, normal, whatever, whatever that means, um, over, uh, let's call it, I, I don't know, nine to 12 months? What, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, I, we're, we're not in a normal environment. Um, but I think the Q3, you know, we saw improvement. But just as an overall rental, even our, if we look at our new RPO rental purchase option, I mean, there was a massive shift in there from a year-over-year basis. We're, we had, um, we've got a decline there over almost 15%. We had over $90 million on rent coming in the, at the end of Q3 2019, and this year we're, we're down significantly. So just it just shows where the you know, the environment we're operating in. and um, But I'd say still overall, we are still very much committed to this strategically. Uh, when we look at the dollar opportunity and the, the trends mm-hmm. in rental, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to uh, slow down there with our approach. We're just, I'd say we're in a unique situation. We're maneuvering through it. It is a bit of a drag, but uh, we're we're still looking at this as strategically a great opportunity, particularly with the expanded territory. Right. Do, do, do you mind maybe, I, I don't know if you have already done this work, but what are your thoughts in terms of kind of rental capex for for 2021, or is this just too early to even contemplate this? Our, our teams are, are going through the planning process right now, and uh, we'll have a better read on that in a couple of weeks. But, uh, I mean, we, Mike, we were down. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you look at our you look at our notes and so forth, you'll see it's you know that's a, a big area for us in terms of how we curbed our capital spend, and just tried to manage the fleet through this period, right? And so, you know, an indication would be that we you know we are going to increase our capex somewhat, but it's going to be you know based on the business plan and what we see going into the year as we get closer, and so we'll we'll look to optimize that max as we get into the year. I mean, we'll keep our disciplines in there, Max, relative to the age, some of the aging where you, you, know, you have to stay committed to mm-hmm. level investment or you'll, you'll hurt yourself and over the long term, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. That's, that's very helpful. And then um, I'm curious to see, um, I mean, we've seen uh, Ontario budget yesterday sounds, you know, pretty, uh, pretty positive from an infra perspective. What, what are your kind of large construction uh, clients, like what's the body language from, from those guys? Uh, maybe any color on that and market if it's possible. Well, I think that our, our tone where our customers right now, they're focused on just getting some work done that they have right now. But uh, I think, you know, it's all about timing and, and shovel ready and how quickly things can uh, materialize here. I mean, it's uh, it's encouraging, but uh, I think we'll sort of in a, I think everybody's going to wait and see and see what type of work is released in the timing. Okay, fair enough. And, and, and last quick one, uh, you know, balance sheet is an extremely strong position and, and probably going to get stronger over the next 12 to, to 18 months. Um, was wondering if um, you care to comment on uh, capital deployment uh, priorities over that time frame. Sure. Yeah, great, great segue. I think, you know, keep in mind, you know, the team has done a tremendous job on working capital and CapEx and, you know, we're in, a, we're in a good position. Again, what we are preparing for is just to have the liquidity, and we're, we're in a good position to help as activity picks up and warrants, you know, we will see working capital investment, uh, you know, as, as things build. And so we anticipate that. 
certainly, you know, certainly on the inventory receivables side. We talked a little bit, you know, our AP is down, and and um, and and that's just commensurate with timing of purchases and some terms we had. But um, you know, capex is the other variable. So we are, I would say, from a priority perspective, you know, we'll continue to manage our cash flow very carefully. You know, working capital will be the first draw. We have a number of initiatives for organic growth that will take priority on capital. You know, if the returns are there, we'll continue to push really hard on those metrics and uh, challenge the team to, to drive those uh, those returns. Um, you know, debt repayment, of course, you know, we're in a good position at this point. We want to maintain that cash balance and liquidity, depending on demand and where things go. Um, you know, and again, we're committed to our dividend and so forth. And, and that sort of thing, but it would be, you know, really operational care and feeding of the business as priority, and then um, have dry powder for, for the future, right? So. Okay, that's fair enough. Thank you so much. That's it for me. Thank you, Max. Thank you. This will conclude today's question and answer session. I will now turn the meeting back over to Mr. McMillan. Great. Thank you, Elena. Thanks to everybody for your participation today. That does conclude our call. We wish you uh, a great day, and uh, please stay safe. Thanks again. Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
Dot com.